0: Let's do that hockey.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are listening to the very first, the flagship, the pilot, the first episode of the Top Pair Hockey Podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am Eric Weinstein. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Weinstein. That's two C's and two N's. With me is my co-host coming all the way, from Rochester, New York, this is Nick Maxwell. Nick, how are you, buddy?
0: I'm good, buddy.
1: How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. So we want to welcome you to this this hockey journey, so to speak, that we're going to be going on. Um, we're part of the A1 Sports Network, won by our boy Chris Um He, you know, I told him I had an idea for a hockey podcast. He, you know, he said jump right into it. You know, whenever you're ready. And here we are. We're ready. So. We tried to record Wednesday night, had a little technical problem, and this was, you know, the next day that we were able to record. So, um, you know, Nick Nick and I are just going to, you know, keep it light, you know, just talk about the goings-on of the National Hockey League, and, um, you know, we're just going to go from there. So, Nicholas, what do you want to start with tonight? Uh, I think a
0: good place for us to start would we'll probably just do a quick around the league. Uh, for those of you wondering, we're recording this on Sunday night, the 9th, um, which happens to be the day after uh, Hockey Day in Canada. So, any Canadian listeners, um, I feel like every day is actually Hockey Day in Canada, but uh, for whatever reason,
1: <laughs> yeah, a happy belated Hockey Day in Canada uh, yeah, to those a happy who belated
0: is. Hockey Day in Canada. Uh, so just going around the scores, the Winnipeg Jets beat the Ottawa Senators five to two. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens outlasted the Maple Leafs two to one in overtime last night. It was a weird game. Maple Leafs only had one shot in the third period. Think about the money that they're paying up front for those for those forwards, and nothing much to show for it. Uh, finally, our last all-Canadian matchup: the Calgary Flames beat the Vancouver Canucks six to two, and then. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes over the Golden Knights six to five. Dallas Stars over the St. San Luis Blues three to two. Pittsburgh Pen- Penguins over the Florida Panthers three to two. Naturally. Uh, Edmonton over Nashville three to two. And uh, Tampa Bay Lightning over the New York Islanders three to one. Colorado over Columbus two to one. Braden Holtby got shelled. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that against, was not pretty. flyer, seven
0: to two. Yeah, not Great pretty. Hobie's not played very well of late. Yeah. That's kind of that might be a cause of concern for the Caps going towards the playoff race. Yeah, honestly, um, I couldn't even tell you. And, that. and then the uh, New Jersey watching. Devils with a three nothing win over uh LA Kings, which for how bad New Jersey has been this week, that's the that's back to back shutouts for the second time this season by Mackenzie Blackwood. So that might be something that Devils try to build on going into next year and going into the offseason, that maybe they do have something. Possible for a goaltender next year?
1: Yeah, I mean, anytime I've you know I've I'm not exactly an avid Devils watcher, but whenever the Devils are on TV and if Blackwood's in goal, I mean, the guy he's I mean, is he a superstar? Of course not, but the guy can they'll take anything in between the pipes and jersey. So I'm sure you know he's been pretty surprising for them at least, and you know he's my starting goalie in NHL when I play uh, my career. So he's he's got I like him. So um so yeah, starting with the Hockey Day in Canada, I mean. That Maple Leafs lost. So, earlier in the week, actually right after we recorded our initial pod that didn't work out, the (laughs) Leafs traded for Jack Campbell from the LA Kings. Now, everybody knows the big news was that Frederick Anderson is going to be out for a little bit, and the backup goalie situation in Toronto has not been great. Um, You know, Michael Hutchinson's been barely passable, I would say, but... I mean, if you're going to stay afloat in the Eastern Conference, you really – he's not going to get it done. So they trade for Jack Campbell from L.A. Um, you know, I feel like he's going to be playing a whole heck of a lot until Freddie Anderson comes back. And, you know, first game, he's in there. Well, the game, the Hockey Day in Canada game, No, um, you know, gives up two goals, gives up the one in overtime. But in that game, I don't think the goaltending would be the story there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it- – it it was kind of a interesting game because Campbell, if you heard him in the press spot or in the press after the game, took kind of the blame for the loss, which was a little interesting considering you know him being a new guy and and the score being so close. Um, what is interesting though is if if you kind of look at, I was kind of surprised at the trade at first, just because I thought there were a little bit better options out there for the Toronto Maple Leafs to take a look at, but I think. Um, you know, it made sense when you look at the fact that Kyle Dubas had a connection to Jack Campbell at Sault Ste. Marie when he was a junior. Uh, I think he was starting to play better the more games he was getting. I think LA had a need to move him because they were looking at Kyle Peterson, who was one of their younger goaltenders, to try and get him more, more spots. Um, but again, it, it, it's pretty, it's, there's so much unknown about this situation because Kyle Dubas, Brendan Shanahan, Sheldon Keith, they're all they're pretty tight lit about the uh, Frederick Anderson situation. The only thing that we really know right now is that it's kind of a neck injury, which is really, really chick- tricky when you're talking about a goaltender moving his head around from left to right to sort of track the puck. So it's going to be one of those things where obviously that's Freddie's net, and it's going to be Freddie's net as soon as he comes back. But how much longer you know, are the Leafs really going to be able to kind of tread water a little bit? Uh, they're right now not in a playoff spot and have a few more games played than some of their competitors around them. So it's going to be interesting to kind of monitor that situation in terms of when can Freddie come back.
1: Yeah. And thinking about the injuries they already have, you know, Morgan Riley's been out, you know, Cody CC, who again, not a superstar, but you know, guy, depth defenseman who's now on the shelf, you know, they traded Nikita Zaitsev in the off season. So they lost the defenseman there, you know, defense has been the, it's been, I guess the, um, I can't think of the word, but it just hasn't been great for the, for the Leafs. So, you know, to lose their MVP of the year, it just, you know, for however long it's going to be, it's just, you know, it's something they obviously can't have, um, but yeah, I mean the Leafs—they're gonna have to—and treading water in the Eastern Conference. You can see all those teams in there. I mean, I mean the Columbus Blue Jackets—just all of a sudden they don't lose now. You know, there's teams they just go on these, they go on these runs here where they just don't lose. And then you have the, you know, the powers at the top, or the Bruins, the Lightning, are back to being the Lightning. You know, the Caps and the Penguins are always near the top of the Metro. So, I mean, for the Leafs to, you know, have this issue and think that Jack Campbell is going to be the savior, I mean. I mean, if you think he's going to be the savior, I got a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. So, um, I mean, it's it's going to be tough for the Leafs here. But um, you know, one of the teams they're chasing, um, the Boston Bruins. You know, they you know just transitioning here. The Bruins they, they took a tough one today. They uh, this being Sunday, they lost to the basement dweller, uh, Detroit Red Wings, who. It might be the worst team I've ever seen they're that bad um, they don't score Jimmy Howard is I saw you retweeted this is an astounding just t- a two 20 and two on the year like I don't they just keep treading them out there like all right let's see how you do tonight and um, this is the second time this year the Bruins have lost to the Red Wings Um you know thoughts on how the Bruins? I mean, the way they've been playing. Their captain just played in their fifteen in his fifteen hundredth games. Adan Ochara, former rounder draft pick. Shout out Mike Milbury. And you know it's just you know for a guy like that, fifteen hundred games. He means so much to the city. He means so much to the team. Um, you know, shout out to Char. What do you have to say about um, the Bruins and the Wings today?
0: Yeah, I think Boston is kind of that team where a lot of people are waiting to see what they're going to do as the trade deadline approaches. Um, they they definitely have a needed a need for secondary scoring along that line. I mean, as you saw today, when that when that top line isn't going, when Bergeron and Pasternak and Marchand, you know, aren't carrying that team, they're struggling, and it's and it's no secret that they struggle. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where I think. Obviously, they're going to be a playoff team. I don't see any trouble with that. But if this team wants to make another deep run that they did last year, they have to find uh, some something deeper in the well, whether that be a call from the minors, whether that be a trade probably. Um, but I think overall, you know, this, this team is built for playoff hockey, so I'm not really going to worry too much about this loss. But, you know, there are areas of concern. You know, is Drew going to be able to hold up like he did last year for the long stretch run? Um, you know, and... Their special teams hasn't been that great as of late, uh, but and, and obviously and the other thing that's really concerning is they have a really weird record when it comes to uh, you know extended games. This is a team that has more overtime losses than they do regulation losses, which I I don't think I've ever seen that before in my entire life um, since the league switched over this format at least. But you know it'll be interesting to see what the what the brass does. Uh, Boston is a team that's not afraid to make a trade. They haven't. Lot of young players, they're not afraid to swap picks, so I, I think they're the kind of the team to watch at the deadline.
1: Yeah, I think they're always a team that's in that you know, quote unquote, win now mode. You know, with guys like you know, Marchand and Bergeron and Chara, you know, a veteran team to say the least. So you got to always think they're always in win now mode. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, actually, a lot of milestones this week. Um it was out in down in Philadelphia. Um, Claude Giroux picked up his 800th point as as a professional in the National Hockey League, which I thought he was like already way past when I heard that he got 800. I figured he was way past that. Um, Claude Giroux, you know, 800 points. You know, captain of the Flyers. You know, this guy's been doing it for it feels like forever now. Um, you know, shout out to him. Zach Parise. It's like a it's like an old like Metro little rivalry there. Um, Zach Parise played his 1,000th game up in Minnesota. Um, I'm sure Minnesota's, uh, you know, them up there, he hasn't exactly lived up to that like 85 year contract that he signed up there. And, you know, obviously the wild, they're trying to sneak into the playoffs too. Um, now I think there was one more that I had here, you know, bad radio, bad radio. Um, <laughs> the, the, actually the biggest news here, it's, um, it's actually one, the one thing that I really wanted to talk about tonight was Alexander Ovechkin, his chase to 700 goals continues tomorrow. Uh, in Washington against the Islanders. Um, it's actually a nationally televised game. I obviously want Ovi to get that. You know, Obviously, he's going to get it, and I want him to continue to score to eventually break Gretzky's record. I'm hoping it's not tomorrow for my playoff hopes, but Nick, how do we feel about Ovi? Uh,
0: well, he's, he's definitely the greatest of this era. I don't think it's anywhere close in terms of goal scorers. I think the conversation can start now if you're talking about, is he the greatest pure goal scorer of all time. Now, that's a difference between your know, best player of all time. I don't think anyone's going to unseat Gretzky, but the fact that you have a chance to see one of Gretzky's offensive records fall is something that I never thought would ever happen. Uh, he's he's just done it consistently, um, and he's been able... It's amazing to me with the way that he played earlier in his career with just reckless abandonment, and the fact that everyone knows we're always going to set himself up on the ice, that he's been able to be this consistent. I think you know it's not going to be too much longer. I think he's got a solid shot at getting this record. Um, obviously, health health is going to have to be the biggest factor
1: in it. But I, I hope he gets it. I really do. As just a hockey fan in general, I think it would just be amazing to watch Ovechkin break that record. Yeah, and seeing this guy, I see him four times a year at the very least, and then once the playoffs roll around, you, you know he's sitting up in that circle on the side on the power play, and it just he's going to let that one timer go and. You know, good luck. I mean, if you want to get in front of that, God bless you. But, um, I mean, this guy, when I think of goal scorers, I always, I whenever I talk to my dad about it, it's just he always talks about Mike Bossy, you know, coming from the Islanders, I mean, again. But um, he always says that that guy's the best scorer I've ever seen. Like, that guy would just score and score and score, and that was it. Um, thinking that Ovechkin has lost about a year and a half of games from, you know, two different lockouts. I mean, and this guy is where he's at. You know, we'd be having a whole different conversation if he had, you know, we'd say 65, 70 goals at his pace from that year and a half. I mean, the fact that he's even done that is just where the conversation should start. And you know, we'll see. I mean, the guy continues to score. God willing, you know, his health stays how it's been, and you know, who knows? We'll see if he can get there. Yeah. Um, it's just, and then uh, it's just something that uh, obviously, again, I, I, the guy's a rival, and I just I love watching that guy play, just how hard he goes.
0: Yeah, and it's it's amazing, too, when you think about the fact that I think the conversation three, four years ago when he only had, you know, 30-something goals, which to have a down year of 30-something goals is kind of laughable to me. But (laughs) (laughs) the fact that, you know, people started to have the conversation of, is Ovi starting to slow down? Is his body starting to break down? How much longer is he going to be playing? And then all of a sudden, the fact that he's on pace for, I think, 61 goals this year. That's some ridiculous. It's just, I don't even have the words for that.
1: Yeah, and like uh, he had 30, it was like 32 goals. I was like, yeah, this guy stinks. Get this guy out of here. <laughs> uh, and then uh, just like, and then all the big games that guy's been in, you know, he got the cup. I mean, first bout Hall of Famer, no doubt. And, you know, it's just been fun to continue to see him, you know, work. And it, it's just, it keeps the caps at the top of the of the East. I mean, every, what is it? I think it's going to be four or five years in a row that they've won the Metro Division if, it, you know, the result holds. And, you know, it, it starts and ends with him really, especially, you know, he plays with the guy, the cast of characters he's played with. They, they got Nick Backstrom signed to that deal. I mean, those guys aren't going anywhere and you know, it, I, I don't see any reason why he can't do it, you know, health permitting of course, but I mean, it's just going to be fun to keep seeing the legends that he's passing as he continues to go. He just passed Messier the other week. Like the the guys he's passing, it's absurd. And I don't know. I just you know I just like a good story, and maybe Sports Center actually start talking about hockey if he can continues to move up the list. So, um, so what else were we? What else did you see like in the past week or so that you wanted to you know like bring up here?
0: Um, I mean, this past week I've been kind of watching pretty closely the wild card racing. Obviously, I think there's a lot of really good teams that are probably going to be left out this year. I think that speaks to the game of parity, uh, which is fantastic for the league, obviously, but. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I've watched the, especially that the Western conference Wild Card. It's so jam packed with with teams. You look at a team like Vegas, who's had so much success early on, is battling for their lives right now. They've even fired their coach this year just to try and make themselves into the playoffs. The Calgary flames have been outstanding, especially when you think about the fact, all the drama they had to go through with their coaching oh, earlier yeah. being fired over the, over the, over the, over the abuse. Winnipeg and the Dustin Bufflin situation. I'm going to be really interested to see if Kevin Dayoff is at all interested in trying to add pieces to his team this year. The last two years, he's tried to go out and get the big fish with, you know, getting Kevin Hayes last year and then Paul Stasny two years ago. Um, but again, this is a team that's kind of a little bit depleted on assets after trading everybody or after trading some parts off and knowing that they're probably not going to be able to pay a lot of their good young players because of the cap situation. Arizona, to me, I think. I think if the Arizona makes the playoffs, I don't see how Rick Tocket can't win Coach of the Year. I think the way that he's held that team together through a lot of injuries to a lot of different important positions, including their goaltending. Uh, the fact that you working with some pretty big EOs and everyone with Taylor Hall and Phil Kessel and trying to manage good young players like he, uh, Clayton Keller, I think that's outstanding too.
1: Yeah, I think I I personally just from the guys that are on Arizona, when they made that Taylor Hall deal, I was like, Okay, there they're in it. The guy's a rental. You know, this guy's the best. He's the best person available. You know, he was he's a UFA at the end of the year, you know, to get to bring that guy in. Obviously, I mean, I just pulled up the standings myself. Right now, they, um, they're they out. It has – well, they have the same amount of points as Winnipeg, but Winnipeg has the spot. They have, they have them in row wins. So, um, yeah, I mean, I saw something earlier. I mean, to think it like all the – right now with the season ended today – the Canadian, like the Canadian teams have Calgary, Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Vancouver are in, and Toronto is currently uh, in third place in the Atlantic. So that would be four of the Canadian teams would be in here. Um, do you,
0: Should we make a bet right now? Should we say over under three and a half for Canadian teams in the playoffs?
1: I think I'm going three teams are going to make it. Three teams? I, I
0: think, mm-hmm. I, I think, I think four teams are going to make it in.
1: It's so tight, like when you look at it. If if the Leafs aren't the, in third place, they're not making the playoffs. I think, I think we could safely say that Ottawa is not making the playoffs. Um, and you could say that Montreal is probably, has an outside shot. I mean, they're six points out right now. Um, I don't really see it getting any better, and I think they're gonna sell more than anything. So four, I guess. Well, I know Vancouver's probably gonna. I mean, but it's so tight that Pacific Division. It's Calgary's only three points out of first place. Like, I I've, all right, I'll give you four. All right, I'll give you four. Um, I think the team that wouldn't make it, if it's gonna be any of them, I would think it's gonna be. Either Toronto or Winnipeg, one of the two. I think Winnipeg has to make a move, especially if they're going to lose Bufflin. They got him. They haven't had them all year, but I feel like they were expecting to get them back, and now they're not. So I think there's a move that needs to be made for them, for them to see if they want to actually go for it and you know sneak into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, for me, I think the key contender in the Western Wild Card race is that team right below them in Nashville. Nashville has fewer games played than all of Arizona, Winnipeg, and Calgary. Uh, And one of the things that I've noticed about their game, you know, last night they lost, they played a great road game for 19 minutes and, or for 39 minutes and 35 seconds. Uh, At the end of the second period, they had a really wonky goal, own goal go in. Uh, UC Saros played great last night, um, and then they kind of fell apart. They fell to the pressure in the third period. But for me, one of the most underrated things that I don't think a lot of people notice about the league is that uh, John Hines, who, I've been a huge critic of when he was in New Jersey. There's no secret about that. But taking Matt Duchesne out of the middle and putting him on the wing with Ryan Johansson and then putting Kyle Terrace in the middle with uh, Forsberg and Arvidsson I think has really activated their top six. Now, they, to me, a big boost for them will be, can they get Ryan Ellis back? If they can get Ellis back, it would take so much you know pressure off the plate of somebody like Roman Yossi and Dante Favro they can slide him down into a 3-4 spot where I think he would be a lot more comfortable and then they would be able to take some of those minutes away off the 5-6 pain which I think has kind of been the Achilles heel of Nashville but looking at their last couple of games they it's kind of weird that they they're, they're a 500 team at home but they have a 15-10-3 record away which is kind of mind-boggling to me
1: yeah especially um, there they have that great home crowd you know the advantage there you know, to see that, I mean, it's not what you would think to be below 500 at home and you know above 500 on the road, especially there. Um, yeah. But your point, I mean, Ryan Ellis. I mean, we watched that guy put the team right on his back, and he just, you know, that guy's a stud number, like a legit number one defenseman. You pair him with Yosi, and you know that's one of the best, you know, d you know one two punches in the league, going you know on decor wise. So you know he's the he's the big one to i feel like it they, they can use him almost as like their trade deadline acquisition saying well we got Ryan Ellis back. I mean obviously you would want to see them if there's a move to be made maybe to shore up, you know, the back end of the defense but uh i think Ryan Ellis is the biggest, you know, i'd say i don't know about a question mark but him being back is, you know, something that they could really use, of course. A guy like that. I mean it goes without say.
0: Yeah, and and this this upcoming stretch for them is going to be I think make it or break it season. They finish up the Western Canada trip at a game in Vancouver, and then they come home to the New York Islanders who are always going to be a hard team to play against no matter what. And then they have a home and home with St. Louis and then their home against Carolina. I think if they can come out of that game, come out of that set of games, you know, you know, with some type of winning record, whichever it is, or taking, you know, however many points they can, uh, I think that puts them in the I think that puts them over the hump. And I think that gets them into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I think if,
0: if they go, you know, one and four or one and five or whatever in those games, I think that's, you know, I think that's going to be David Boyle's message that this just isn't their year.
1: Yeah, and I mean right now, st- you know, as we speak right now Sunday night at 7:51 p.m., they are two game two points behind the Jets, three behind Calgary. And they, I mean if they don't get in you know, they're the central division. If they don't get in with the wild card, I mean, Dallas is in third place with 67 points. And the way that they play, I don't think anybody's catching Dallas for third place there. Um, yeah. You know, it's going to be – there's going to be a lot of movement I feel like this year. I mean, there's it's – again, both races are so tight. Teams are trying to get better and there's a lot of, you know, garbage for lack of a better term at the bottom of the league. So there's going to be a lot of guys who are looking to make deals trying to get either younger or get guys who can shore some D. Um, Now, you know, and the trade deadline's coming up. We got a couple weeks now. There's a lot of guys who are available, a lot of good players. But one of my my top guy who I thought was going to be available, Chris Kreider, you know, the Rangers, are. it came out the other day that the Rangers are looking to re-sign him. So that takes off a big, uh, you know, he's got 35 points in 50 games, the UFA at the end of the year. You know, this guy's off the board. So now you start moving towards like the Ilya Kovalchuk's, the Jean-Gabriel Peugeot's in terms of forwards, um, so who's your, who's your go-to? I mean, my go-to is Kreider. Now I feel like, you know, it's wide open who like the top target is going to be.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are going to point to JG Pagino as saying, well, this is a guy who can play in the middle. He can play on the wing. He's got great numbers in the playoffs. He can do it all pretty much for that team. He's got, I think 53 or 54 points in 51 games this year. Um, you know, it's kind of similar to the Kreider situation. There's talk of him wanting to sign an extension in Ottawa. Uh, he's a hometown kid. He's played there his entire career. I think his family's very content with living in Ottawa. Uh, if if him and, you know, his reps can make a deal out with uh, with Pierre Dorian, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they sign him. But I think if you're the Ottawa Senators, you seriously have to think about getting as many assets as you possibly can. Um, and just trying to say, okay, let's let's try and see if we can continue further this rebuild with uh, DJ Smith as head coach. Thank I you. think for me, in terms of forwards, I think Tyler Toffoli is that guy. I think he's somebody who can fit just about anybody's top six in this entire league. He's somebody that can play physical. He can play he can play with speed, goal score, He can pass well. He can kill penalties, which I don't think the Kings have used him enough there uh, this season. But I think, I think he's the perfect fit with a team like Boston that I mentioned earlier. I think he slides in perfectly on that second line with David Krejci and Jake DeBrusk, or I think he can slide re- really well into uh, St. Louis. I think St. Louis is probably the biggest contender on Chris Kreider, but I don't know how much of these reports of you are trying to resign him is all smoke and mirrors, and how much of it is you know trying to kind of drive his price up a little bit. Uh, but I think if if Kreider's out, I think that's the kind of Toffoli is the guy that I think a lot of teams are going to be after.
1: Yeah, because he's the. You know his his cap hit comes out at four point six. He's a UFA at the end of the year. He's got fourteen goals. You know fifty two games. He's only twenty seven. I feel like he's been around forever. He's only twenty seven. There's teams that you know teams that need top six help. I mean, I know I'm saying this because of who it is, but you know the the Islanders are always looking for somebody who can score. You know Dallas is always you know with their defense. I'm sure they could use another scorer. Um, You know things like that. And then you know for me top top D men. Um, you know, that are available. I think there's two names and then it's the rest. I would say it's one either of Sammy Votnin or Alec Martinez for sure. One of the two there.
0: Yeah. I thought, I thought Alex Martinez would have made a perfect fit for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think he's a guy that would have provided a lot of the sandpaper that I think they lack, but with the Chris, with the Kyle Clifford trade, I think that probably takes them out of that running a little bit. Um, But for Alec Martinez, he's a guy that's not really flashy. But he's going to be one of those guys that you can slide him. I think anywhere in that lineup from, you know, D two spot all the way back to D six. I think he's going to be able to get the job done. One of the more underrated parts of his game is that he can play on either side, which is huge for certain teams. Um, you know, in terms in terms of who's interested in him, you know, I could see. Like I just said, Nashville. I think if they're going to make a move, I think that's them. Uh, Winnipeg is hurting on the on their back end this year. You think about the overchange, their overhaul that's happened with. With them, um, after not even with the Buffalo situation, but having to get rid of Truba, that's been their Achilles heel, heel this year. Uh, maybe a team like Vancouver goes after him just to get kind of like a veteran experience. Or I think Edmonton too fits that game perfectly. I think he's Dave Tippett's exact type of guy that he wants.
1: Yeah, and Edmonton, you know the the offense is going to be there. You know that you're going to get. I mean that who they have, it's absurd. So you know, defensively they they're always looking to upgrade. Um, you know, if you have McDavid and Drysdale, you know, the offense is coming, that's fine. You know, the defense has to get shortened up there. Um, I know you like Sammy Votnin, you know, puck moving defenseman, right-handed shot. Um, he's just under 5 million on the cap hit. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of he's going to be, you know, whether it's people are going to be looking at Martinez or they're going to be looking at Votnin, you know, I feel like those are the, uh, those are the two guys that are really going to be, you know, you know, at the top of the most teams' list, and you know the Devils are going to want to move him. Um, he's, how old is he? He's 28. You know, he's a UFA. You know, you know, Jersey's in that deep rebuild, so you got to think he's, you know, he's on his way out.
0: Yeah, I think kind of the hidden team that no one's really talking about with them is, is Vegas. You know, watching a couple of Vegas's games these past weeks, uh, they they want their demon to be active. They want their guys to jump into play. Shea Theodore has been, I think, kind of. Overachieving from where I thought he was uh, from this point a couple of years ago, but they're a team that like, they don't have they don't have a ton of prospects or necessarily assets, but are they going to be willing to make a move to kind of add to that depth? Like we like we just talked about in the playoff race, they're hanging on to that third spot in the Pacific by a hair. They're going to need I think every push that they can to kind of make sure that they get into these playoffs.
1: Yeah, and I think he's the guy you could slide him right in. He's. You know, you can slide him on the power play. You know, he's good in his own zone. He's, you know, the guys like everybody wants, oh, I want that puck-moving defenseman. Oh, everybody needs that puck-moving defenseman. Well, there's your guy. You know, he's sitting right there for you, you know, depending on how much you want to give up for him for the rental. Same with Martinez. I think Martinez has another year even. So you got to think the price for Martinez would even be almost a little more than for Votnin. And, again, it's a good cap hit. Martinez is a $4 million cap hit uh, Votnin is 4.9. So, I mean, it's, it's not going to take a lot. I mean, it take a lot money-wise, but it might take a lot asset-wise. So, um, so I got everything that I wanted to talk about. What were you, is there anything that, you, what else did you want to talk about here? I know you had a couple, uh, a couple subjects you wanted to hit. You're staring at me. What do you got? <laughs> i'm trying to think um good is radio, that it good maybe? radio. How
0: long have we been talking for
1: about a half hour <laughs> this is a great start
0: uh did we want to do the the draft that we talked about
1: oh yeah yeah we could do that i'll cut this all this crap out so so one thing we were talking about the other day, uh, we were thinking about. I figured we can do it. We could do a forward, a defenseman, and a goalie. You do okay. the, the most underrated player you can think of in the NHL for each position. So we can go from goalie out or from forward in.
0: You um, tell me. Well, why don't we start? Why don't we start going forward out?
1: Okay, forward out. So. Who is your most underrated forward in the league?
0: So I think I think a lot of times when people think about this question, they're immediately going to jump on the Alex Barkov train. I was, uh, I almost
1: forgot to put a disclaimer like, and you can't say Alex Barkov because of course he is. <laughs> well, that's, well, hold
0: on. No. That's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying here. I think Alex Barkov, I think, is finally starting to get that recognition that he finally deserves. I think you're going to see a lot of his names being attached either to either the Selkie or maybe even the Hart Race, depending on where Florida lands uh the standings at the end of the season um for me i would have to say probably andre Sh- shveshnikov if i'm pronouncing that right sorry my russian accent isn't great that was actually
1: better than i expected so yeah that works
0: <laughs> uh down in carolina um i think he's about to emerge as an actual, absolute star uh, a lot of people look at guys like sebastian aho and table caroline down there in carolina but i think you know Rod Brendamore said the other day that this dude is has is the pulse of the team. Um, He's a guy that you know he's not great defensively, but he's a solid defensive player. His transition game is exceptional. His speed has seemed to improve every single year. His point totals have gone up every year. Um, You you know, I think you're looking at. I think if Carolina makes a deep run in the playoffs this year, I think Stretchnikov is going to be the X factor.
1: No, and I and I agree. I mean, that guy is just, and he's what is he 20, 21? I mean, he's a baby, and this guy is just. You know, as skilled as he is already, I mean, he's, when he's 26, I mean, this guy's going to be an absolute monster. So, Svetchnikov is a good one. I would have said Mark Giordano, but, I mean, he won the Norris last year, so I don't know how underrated you can be after you win the Norris <laughs> trophy. So, um, I won't say Giordano. Um,
0: are you um, doing forward or are you doing D?
1: Well, yeah, I forgot I was doing forward first. Um, <laughs> so, now i got to think of a forward here. uh <laughs> You know who the most underrated player is? Austin Matthews. Now, I think um a guy like, um I feel like a guy like Braden Point. You think of all the guys on Tampa, yeah. you know, it's, you think Kucherov, Stamkos, you know, you think of those guys before you think of that. Braden Point last night, he scored this like ridiculous goal against the Islanders yesterday. And, you know, they were like, yeah, he's in a goal drought. He hadn't scored in 19 games and he has like 21 goals. Like the fact that, you know this guy's gonna finish with 30 goals again. He's gonna be somewhere around 70, 70, 80 points. And every when you hear when you talk about the Lightning, you think Kucherov, you think Stamkos. I mean, I know hes defense. You think Headman. You know, you think of those guys before you think of Braden Point. So I mean, I know you know he was handsomely paid in the off season. So now I don't know if you can call him as underrated as you'd like. But that guy is. I think he's if the line that he's on and the points he's gonna produce. I mean, that guy is. I think a kid, kids a stud. We'll put it that way.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a great pick. He's he's a guy that even takes on the tough, uh, the, other, the other team's number one matchup every single night too, which he doesn't get enough credit for. Uh, it's just he's another guy that I think Tampa has done just an absolute amazing job of developing their their prospects and their picks. Um, you know, and, and it's just it, it amazes me how deep that team is when you think about their forward group.
1: I can't stand it. Um, so now, who did you have as your? Uh... <laughs> Who do you have as your most underrated defenseman?
0: Um, so I'm going to go with a guy that I've watched play for what feels like 30 years in Boston and know it's not Chara. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Tory Krug.
1: Tory, I think Krug, Tory guy, Krug. Once you said it's not Chara, I knew you were going to say Tory Krug. Like, it's not Bergeron. <laughs> I knew it was going to be Tory Krug.
0: Uh, I think Tory Krug has just been as steady as steady can be a defenseman uh, in the National Hockey League. He is a UFA this so it's going to be really interesting to see what type of money he's going to command. Yeah, he's because gonna, he's not the flashiest player. He's going to a the br- he's gonna take the
1: just, Bruins to the cleaners, that guy. He's going to make yeah. so much money. Like,
0: that, dude, that dude just takes – he epitomizes the Burt Bruins culture. He's tough. He's physical. He wants to play in your face. He can play offense. He can play defense. He can run the power play. He can kill penalties. Um, I, I think this guy was a steal for the Bruins. Um, if I do recall, he was a late-round draft pick.
1: Yeah, Michigan uh, State product that Krug.
0: Yep, but you know, his point total—he's on pace for around you know fifty some, probably breaking almost sixty points this year, which would be a career high for him. Uh, it, which is obviously in a contract here.
1: Ching do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I think you know, I think for as good as people think about the Bruins, they think about you know Zeno Chara and then Charlie McAvoy, who are both studs and they're all right. And obviously, Chara is a first ballot Hall of Famer. But that group to me is. I think he's a guy that the Bruins really can't
1: afford to lose when it comes to playoff time. And, I mean, I don't know what else to add because there's nothing really to add when you talk about Karuga. I mean, the guy has just been so steady for as long as he's been there. You know, you put him on the power play. You know, he's good in his own zone. You know, everything he does, you know, it's just what you want at our guy, especially on your your second pairing D. Now, if I wanted to be a homer and if he – didn't just get injured. I would have said Adam Pellick as my most underrated defenseman in the league, but he's injured. So, instead, I'm just going to be a homer with another guy. I'm going to say my most underrated defenseman would be one Ryan Pulak of the New York Islanders. Um you know, this guy's number one defenseman, you know, the definition of one. He's got the cannon shot. He he moves the puck. He's a power play quarterback. He you know, he's on pace for career high in points. He's right now, he's a 28. Um, I, I can't do the math what the, you know, that point total is, but you know, he's, he's on pace for career high. He's the one knock on him. He was a first round pick, I believe in 20, I don't even know, 11, 12. Um, he, the knock was, we don't know if he's going to be as good enough in his own zone defensively to be a defenseman. And then, wake up Barry Trotz is here and all of a sudden everybody's saying now oh, he's like incredible in his own zone. So, um, I think it's Pulak, you know, he's been, he's leading the team now that Adam Pellick went out with the Achilles injury from the, the dungeons of the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum that took him out. Um, you know, Pulak has taken, taken the role of number one defenseman. He ripped it away from Nick Letty and he's, you know, he's just been ex he's been everything the Islanders could have wanted. So, I had to pick one. I had to have one homer pick, and it's uh, it's Ryan in the New York Islanders. You hate it. Yeah, I know I you. I know I you do. I don't
0: <laughs> with you there. Even for being a homer, I think that's still a good. I think that's a good uh, selection. He's a guy who's a UF or an RFA. Excuse me. Yeah. Speaking uh, of going
1: yeah. to the cleaners, he's about to. Him and Barzell are just gonna. You know that cap space <laughs> they have. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, but I mean, he's he's a guy that I think, like you said, he can do it all. I think he's still growing into his own. Um, it's it's it says something about your game that Barry Trots trusts you to be the number one pairing in his system. You're you're a guy who's going to command him a lot of minutes, and you're a guy where expectations are going to be a lot higher than you than defensemen three through six. So I think his game speaks for itself. I think Trots and his staff has done a great job of you know working with him and helping him get better every year. Um, you know, it, like you said, it's another guy who. In his contract year, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with him the
1: offseason. I like obviously I'm like begging for it. Hopefully, oh he takes a team friendly seven year, like four and a half million. Like oh great, thanks. Nah, for when I York State I...
0: tax you will This isn't Tampa, Florida.
1: Yeah, well you know East Meadow's pretty nice this time of year. So all right, so enough talk about Long Island. So um, Nick last, but certainly not least, your most underrated goalie in the National Hockey League.
0: Okay, so originally when I thought about this, I really wanted to put Jacob Markstrom down in Vancouver. Oh, I think he's the reason that team is is where is where they are in, in the standings. But the fact that people are starting to talk about him now with Lesnar Trophy um, makes me think, okay, he's probably not as underrated as I think he is. He's properly he's, he's, he's properly a lot rated on the East Coast. So I'm I, I'm actually gonna pick the uh, I'm actually gonna pick Mackenzie Blackwood, believe it or not, with the Devils. I think for a team where everything that could go wrong did go wrong this year. And the way that team is kind of self-destructed so much, I think the fact that he he's really shown that I think he can be a potential starter going forward. Um, on two occasions, he's had back-to-back shutouts this year, which playing in front of that d that's pretty impressive. No matter who you're playing against, I think on a nightly basis in the National Hockey League. Yeah, and the fact so, that
1: PK Subban has, has um, taken into the defense optional um, way yeah, of defending, yeah. so...
0: So I, I think, you know, obviously his numbers aren't great, but I think it's hard for young goalies to be successful in this league right away. And he was kind of just not necessarily given the keys, but kind of the keys were chucked at his face this year and saying, "Please <laughs> go stop the puck. Um, but I think he's done a good job.
1: Yeah, they moved Keith Kincaid last year, the Long Island product. Shout out to HM East, I think he went to, I don't know. But, you know, they moved Keith Kincaid last year. He was to Columbus. I think he's in Montreal now, God only knows. And, yeah, he's just been – he's been real good for them. And, you know, with the way that Corey Schneider just deteriorated for putting it nicely, um, he's really stepped up. And, yeah, Mackenzie Blackwood, I was honestly thinking that. Now I have to think of a whole new friggin' goalie. So the one guy I'll say – I don't know if I can call him underrated anymore, um, but I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to say it's Darcy Kemper out in out in Arizona. He might be properly oh, that's a good pick. That's He might a good be pick. Pro- he might be properly rated too. But you know, Darcy Kemper, uh, I like didn't even know his name, I feel like eighteen months ago. And then he gets the, the the coyotes, they throw him the keys and you know all of a sudden this guy's putting up ridiculous numbers. And, you know, naturally I don't have any of them prepared. But every time, you know, I think now when you think of the coyotes you think, you know, Darcy Kemper, which is crazy. That this guy is all of a sudden like this elite goaltender, and he's only 29 years old. Um, he was a sixth round pick in 2009. Um, this year he's got a 2.17 goals against and a 9.29 save percentage. Like in Arizona, like obviously you're gonna say that he's underrated because you know it's the Coyotes, nobody cares. You know that's kind of unfortunately how it goes, but. You know, this guy's a superstar, I think. He's a potential superstar in goal. And, you know, i just picking Darcy Kemper. I feel like every time I hear, oh, you have to watch out for this guy. You have to watch out. You know, this guy's been playing excellent. It's it's Darcy Kemper is what I'm hearing. So, um, yeah, that's just my pick. I don't really know how else to, you know, I don't really know how else to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, just to add to that, I think a lot of people look at their roster and say, well, Arizona's probably going to win a lot of, you know, uh, shootouts, basically a lot of six, five, five, four hockey games, but they're actually twenty-second in the league in goals per game. Um, and around a lot of teams like Jersey and Ottawa, uh, Calgary, San Jose, and I. They're, so it's certainly not with their offense that they're meeting teams with. I think Rick Taka has got to buy, got everyone to buy into that kind of defensive stingy scheme. I think honestly they're kind of like the Islanders of the Western Conference. They're a team that plays defense first. They're going to make you earn every inch. Takata is a guy who doesn't take any excuses for anything. Uh, I think that's why you've seen the success from them. Yeah. I mean, they're not in, they're not in the toughest division, but if you got to play, you know, in your division, if you got to play some, some guys like you know, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and Elias Pettersson on a nightly basis with guys like Getzlaff and Kopitar, you know, there's not a lot of easy nights in that in that team. Um, when you look at their D court, you know, they have Oliver, Lacken, Arson, obviously, and. Alex Kolagoski, but they have a lot of young guys on that
1: back end, so it, it can't be easy for them. Right. Yeah, the 100%. I mean, especially with the way that um, they have the Swedish God, OEL. Um, the guys, you know, they have the their top pairing, like you said, and then it's just a lot of, I don't know if you want to say unknowns, but it's a lot, like you said, it's a lot of young guys there. So, um, I mean, yeah, so your, your three, it was not Alexander Barkov. It was. just go through it again because I already forgot because I was thinking about how good mine were.
0: It was. Andrei Shveshnikov is my most underrated forward. um Krug is my most underrated defenseman. And Mackenzie Black was my most
1: underrated goaltender. Okay, so I had Darcy Kemper in goal. I had Ryan Pulak. And I don't remember who my forward was. It was Braden Point. I, I don't need you to say it yet. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So, Braden Point, Ryan Pulak, and Darcy Kemper. So, yeah. I mean, so this was our you know, the flagship of the, the top pair pod. Um, we're working, you know, we're going to be working through the kinks here as evidence that, you know, we already recorded one and we screwed it up. So, um, you know, you're just going to have to, you know, continue to listen, you know, it's going to get better. I promise. Um, and you know, we're just gonna have a little fun here. Our, you can find me on Twitter at Eric Weinstein again, two C's, two N's. You can find us the, the podcast on Twitter and Instagram, it's at top pair underscore pod. Uh, Nick, why don't you go ahead and plug your stuff.
0: Yeah, my, you, can follow, you can find my uh, Twitter account at nmaxwell01. Obviously, nothing the most exciting Twitter account in terms of name, but hey, that's on brand <laughs> for me. As long as it gets done, um,
1: that's all that matters.
0: <laughs> or you can find me on Instagram at NickJMaxwell.
1: I always think it's NJMaxwell, so when I try to find it, it just never comes up. Yeah, so, that's a so, secret. So again, this is the top pair pod. You know, we're gonna to continue to update you all throughout, you know, the goings-on and the weeks that were in the National Hockey League. I'm Eric Weinstein, he is Nick Maxwell, and we are your top pair.